Welcome, everyone, to this Friday, April the 20th, the day before 8 day, day Eve. Here we're on BAMS Radio. I'm your host, Drew Armand, along with uh, my uh, co-host, Thomas Watts, the wizard behind the curtain. Also, William Redfish Barger, our third amigo, also with us uh, from 89 to 1993, a big member of the Alabama Crimson Tide and a national champion in 1992. Always enjoy William being with us. Got a lot to talk about. Got breaking news, even. Uh, coming into this edition of uh, BAMS Radio as the recruiting has already started, the windfall from A-Day Weekend, which is always a major part of the con- of uh, the conversation and each cycle under Nick Saban. Uh, and as they have added the first piece, of course, it's not a 2019 uh, commitment. It's a 2020 from that factory and pipeline in Hewitt Trustville, Alabama, the Hewitt Trustville Huskies, as Dazalon Worsham, uh, the wide receiver has just released a statement on Twitter saying he is 1,000% committed to the University of Alabama. Dazalon Worsham, big-time wide receiver, going to bring William Redfish Barger into this conversation. He joins Pierce Quick and his quarterback, Paul Tyson, already in the fold in 2019 for Alabama. William, not surprised at this commitment, really, when you think about it. Not surprised uh, that he committed. I am a little bit surprised that he did it today versus tomorrow or Sunday, but uh, I think that was certainly expected. Uh, I think most people felt like he was going to, if he didn't do something, you know, A-Day weekend, he was going to do it over the summer. Um, You know, joining his, his, you know, current high school quarterback and his current left tackle, um, you know, again, uh, I think that is kind of a, you know, advantageous position to uh, have the guy that recruits that that high school um, for for Alabama's coaching staff, who's also an alma mater. You know, it's also his alma mater. Talking about Brent Key, Alabama's offensive line coach. Um, no, no real surprise. Um, you know, he's going to be the. You know, he's he's already rated the number one wide receiver in the state uh, for 2020. You know, probably will be a top 100 kid when it's all said and done. So, you know, a good pickup for Nick Saban for the 2020 class. William, you have made a good point of this, is that it seems one of the young coaches that has been on this staff, he also did a lot of work, uh, you know, uh, with Rashard Chaney, though. Uh, it, uh, it looks like uh, Josh Gaddis is really uh, hitting the ground running for Alabama in recruiting. Oh, no doubt about it. Um, you know, already kind of leveraged his relationship with the the guy that is rated, you know, not just the number one wide receiver in the country um, for 2020, but some people think he could be the, you know, when it's all said and done, the number one overall player in the country. Uh, Josh Gaddis had Julian Fleming um, on campus this past weekend. And, uh, you know, the reports are that, that, you know, Alabama's in the driver's seat for him. Um, I'm, I'm a lot more interested in Josh Gaddis's relationship with, you know, my biggest want for the 2019 class, uh, talking about a guy that uh, the recruiting services just don't really know what they're looking at at this point. Uh, but in my opinion, the best defensive tackle that I've seen for the 2019 cycle, talking about Antonio Alfano from New Jersey. Big, big-time player. Um, you know, I think Alabama does kind of have to survive the, the visit this weekend to Penn State. Um, if they can, without him committing to Penn State, 
I think when he makes his announcement on August the 1st, I expect it to be for Alabama, and, and this is a very, very dynamic football player. And uh, Alabama has had good luck in Jersey, William, as you as you well know. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, one of the all-time greats uh, from uh, St. Peter's Prep in uh, New Jersey. And uh, I started reminiscing about this. I, I know you'll remember that when we did this, I wish we had a copy of it, man, because we really it would really be fascinating to listen to. But I know you remember our Alabama Intel days back in Russellville, Alabama, when we hooked up with Minka and his mother and had an outstanding conversation with Minka before he enrolled at Alabama. It's one of the best ones we've ever had. I wish we had a copy of that. You know, I, I could probably dig around and find that, Drew. But, you know, I, I can remember, um, you know, when Minka first hit, hit, hit campus. And, of course, you know, like you, I'd seen his high school film. And it's probably some of the best high school film I'd ever seen. Um, you got to kind of take into consideration the, the level of competition there, um, which isn't great. But I, I'll never forget watching a game his senior year where he had scored five touchdowns at halftime um, in a game his senior year. I think it was a punt return for a touchdown, a kickoff return for a touchdown. I think he took a, a wildcat quarterback snap and scored one, and then uh, the other one was a bomb that the regular quarterback had thrown to him. But, you know, Drew, that that's one of the real easy ones um, that I've come across um, of the Nick Saban eras. You know, once Minka Fitzpatrick hit campus as a true freshman, um, you, you could tell real early that this kid was destined for greatness. Um, you know, you've seen all the draft, um, you know, reports on him. You know, people think he's the, you know, probably the easiest top 10 to 15 pick of the draft because there is no negative baggage on the field or off the field with him. Uh, just, just a class kid, and I think, uh, you know, somebody that, you know, in a couple of years will be uh, heavily involved in that Bama Cuts uh, production that Nick Saban is, is really pushing right now. Uh, you know, a guy that's going to come back and be a great ambassador for the program. Uh, you know, the one that, that, that really kind of, uh, you know, maybe you know this. I don't. Um, what is what is Terrell Owens' attraction to either Nick Saban or the Alabama football program? I mean, he's he's down there you know, running around with Julio and working out with Julio in the offseason. What's Terrell Owens' attraction to the program? Well, you know that he's from Benjamin Russell High School and in yeah, Alexander yeah, sure, City. Of course. Yeah, but his his high school coach is a big Bama guy. I mean, you know, I don't know if you know personally Steve Savarese, but Coach Sav is a is an Alabama guy. He always was. He coached Corny. I didn't. I didn't know he was. I didn't know he was Terrell's high school coach. I mean, I yeah. remember when mm-hmm. he was up here at uh, right Inslee High School coaching Cornelius Bennett, and of course, you know, down in Mobile with all the great ones he put out down there. Well, I'll, I'll tell you a story that Coach Savs told us one time, and uh, it was about T.O. when he coached him at, at Benjamin Russell, and after he had uh, gone on to uh, Tennessee Chattanooga and then got drafted by the 49ers, it was after one of his first couple of years in the pros and, uh, and T.O. didn't start till he was a senior at, uh, at, you know, at Benjamin Russell, he was a late bloomer. One of his only offers was to Chattanooga 
And when he had been coming up, he didn't have a whole lot. And uh, Coach Salve had let him take a girl to the prom in, in one of his uh, in, 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 in an, an old SUV that he had. And the police called Coach Salve that night because they saw T.O. in his car. And they said, Coach, uh, just for an FYI, somebody is uh, behind the wheel of your car with a young lady. We just wanted to make sure, you know, you were, you were cool with that. And he goes, it's one of my players. Don't worry about it. And so he let T.O. have the car and, and take the, the girl to the prom. Well, anyway, T.O. comes back before Coach Sav had left Benjamin Russell. And matter of fact, I, matter of fa- I may need to go back and research this. It may have been, or he may have just come to see him at that point when he was maybe at Daphne over in Mobile. But regardless, he came back. I think he was still at Ben Russell, though. And he came back to see Coach Sav, and he and uh, he threw up he threw some keys on his uh, on Coach Sav's desk, and Coach Sav goes, Terrell, what it what, what is this? He goes, Coach, it's the keys to a brand new Ford Explorer. It's yours because of what you did for me when I was playing. And he goes, T.O. He goes, Terrell, I can't take this. He goes, I just did it because you're one of my guys. And I wanted to help you. I surely appreciate the gesture, but I can't take those keys. And he didn't take the keys to the car, but T.O. was going to give Steve Savarese, you know, the keys to a brand new car because of what he did. Now, and Terrell, he got, he, after all that, he got out of, he got out of swords and got too big for himself and all that when he was playing. But now, I mean, he is a Hall of Famer. There's no doubt his greatness as a player and uh, and I think it's it's good for Alabama that he's around. I think he and Julio are friends. I think that's one reason why he's around. But I think he he also has a son, from what I understand, that's a good athlete, and he may want him to be around the Alabama program. But I still think part of it is he played for Coach Steve Savarese and Coach Salve. Wherever he was, it didn't really matter whether it was Daphne, uh, whether it was Ben Russell, whether it was Inslee with Cornelius Bennett. Uh, he always uh, sent good players to Alabama, and you know, and, and Coach yeah, Savage. Uh, yeah, Kenny, Kenny King was another one. Yes, Kenny King. I was going to say. As a matter of fact, it's ironic you mentioned Kenny King. William, I talked to Kenny King this week on my show about Christian Williams, his uh, defensive back, and Kenny King is very excited about Christian. Thinks he's a big time athlete. Comes from great parents. Said uh, he's a guy that'll play some Wildcat quarterback. Play some running back and receiver, but he's definitely going to be a corner for them and a force on defense. And he's the first big-time kid he's had come out of his program at Daphne and the first since a couple of pretty good ones came out under Coach uh, Glenn Vickery, and that was Ryan Anderson and T.J. Yeldon. So uh, we got a chance to talk to Kenny King, a really good guy. Called him up the other night, got him on the show, and he's really excited to be back in Alabama. As he told me, he said, I always kind of envisioned myself having a chance to come back to Daphne and coach. It just happened 10 years sooner than I would have thought when he got the phone call. Cause he had been coaching at one of the top high schools in Arizona when he retired from the Cardinals and the Ravens, he played for the Cardinals for four years, uh, with the Ravens for a short period of time. And he'd settled in Arizona. I think they'd won seven out of the last eight state titles. And he was an assistant coach there. Uh, and was really enjoying himself in Arizona. But then he got the phone call when Glenn Vickery retired to come back to Daphne and be head coach and athletic director. He's done that. And, the, and they're in a brutal region, probably the second toughest uh, in 6A because now they've got St. Paul's. They've got, you know, Gulf Shores. They've got all these tough – Blunt. They've got all these tough schools in South Alabama that they've got to deal with. It's got really good athletes. 
but he's excited. I think they went eight and three last year in his second year, and he's got them turned around. And Christian Williams is, I think, the consensus top corner in the state. He just recently committed to Alabama. So it looks like after a down year in Alabama, William, in, in the state last year, this year is definitely going to be much better. And Alabama, I think, is going to control the state. Uh, with George Pickens coming to the A-Day game, if he shows up this weekend, if Alabama turns up the heat on him, if I were Auburn, I'd, I'd be – I still think Piggins likely ends up a Tiger, but I would be a little uneasy about it if Alabama decided that they wanted him. Yeah, you know, he, he's a big physical wide receiver. Uh, but, you know, I think going back to the, the T.O. comments, um, you know, Drew, I, I thought it was real interesting when, um, you know, somebody stuck a camera in his face after the, uh, the, second, and, the second and Kirby uh, touchdown pass from Tua Tungavailoa. Um, you know, T.O. did, did a, a great uh, marketing promo for, for the Alabama football program and, and started talking about how that summer prior to that, that for whatever reason, he was in Tuscaloosa, and I'm guessing um, it was because of Julio. Uh, but, you know, he, he, he gave, you know, glowing remarks to Tua Tungavailoa um, that he ran routes with that summer uh, on that. And, you know, now, of course, you know, he's back, you know, doing some stuff with Julio, who's, who's you know, working out at the complex. But, you know, that to me is just another uh, feather in Nick Saban's cap where you've got an NFL Hall of Famer that really doesn't have any affiliation with the Alabama football program, Um you know, doing, you know, marketing, you know, videos and promos where whether he's talking about Tua Tungvaloa or, you know, Julio Jones and the Bama Cuts deal, I don't know if you saw the video um, where he was in the indoor complex uh, running routes and doing drills with Julio either today or yesterday, but it was very impressive. And, you know, good Lord, I mean, you know, Nick Saban's got, you know, 50, you know, former, you know, great football players that can do this stuff. And when you've got somebody that didn't even play for you, um, and maybe it's the, um, you know, just wanting to be a part of, of the best program in college football, maybe that's it. But, you know, another feather in Nick Saban's cap that he's capitalizing on right now. He certainly is, and he's certainly capitalizing – on the Bama cuts and LeBron James, he, his luck just continues to not go very well. First of all, they can't win the playoffs. And secondly, now he's getting sued, uh, his own self for his show. But, uh, I, I, I really like how Nick Saban's ahead of the, you know, always ahead of the curve in recruiting. It's a brilliant, you know, recruiting tool. And I've seen all three episodes, uh, with Julio part one and two. And then he, he was the centerpiece of that. Then you saw CJ Mosley sit down for about six minutes and now, if you haven't watched it, especially the last six minutes of Crazy Tony talking about Nick Saban and basketball. <laughs> I, I, saw, I saw it. <laughs> it's a much see. Uh, and then, of course, when he asked everybody what they thought of his, uh, his uh, critiques after each game in the playoffs. <laughs> and as Rashawn Evans said, which game? Clemson? And, of course, everybody remembers the diatribe from Tony Brown and good friend of mine tim gale who's a freelance journalist uh of course now he's in much bigger trouble uh, unfortunately but he got run over by uh reuben foster when reuben came busting in 
uh, and hollering at Tony Brown. But again, Tony Brown, a unique personality, no doubt about it. It was neat seeing him and Rashawn Evans and, of course, Deshaun Hand kind of talking about and, – and Levi Wallace. Everybody knows what I think of Levi uh, and what a great representative for Alabama he was. But it was great uh, listening to those four guys just talk on things. And, you know, hopefully they're all about to get handsomely rewarded next week. Uh, Rashawn will hopefully be a first-round pick. And maybe then his dad can close that store in Auburn and not have to worry about all them folks trying to drive him out of business uh, because his uh, son decided to – uh, you know, uh, drop the zeros and go with some heroes and uh, get him some uh, jewelry and uh, play in a. Uh, but of course, Auburn awarded themselves with some jewelry for winning the uh, Alabama game and Georgia. Nice big rings for finishing with four losses. Don't really understand that, but I guess it's just Auburn being Auburn. Well, I think the the Rashawn Evans, Allen Evans. Um, you know, I, I saw a couple of interviews with, with both of them this week, and I kind of thought that what Alan Evans said about Nick Saban and the Alabama football program was, you know, some of the most poignant things that I've seen said about the quote-unquote process. And it, it was, you know, basically Alan Evans, you know, who was a really highly rated recruit himself, uh, you know, made the unfortunate decision to sign up to be uh, Bo Jackson's backup at Auburn, um, you know, back in the 80s. But, you know, obviously his son was, was a five-star prospect. Um, you know, they had a, you know, really close relationship with Reuben Foster from, from being there the year before. But I thought the comments that Alan Evans made, you know, because this is a guy that, you know, had been there and done that. You know, he was a highly recruited guy. Um, had a chance to have a really good college football career himself, and it didn't really work out. You know, and you'll hear, you know, Auburn fans talk about how he's got sour grapes. But I think the comments that, that he's made, you know, about his son and Nick Saban, um, you know, th- there were no lies told. Um, I, you know, we were told that, you know, your son can come here, uh, can flourish as a young man. Um, you know, get a degree, uh, set himself up for life after football, uh, but he's going to have to wait his turn. And they were cool with that. And that's not really the norm with an elite five-star prospect like Rashawn was. And that's exactly what had to happen. And when you see these interviews that Alan Evans is doing repetitively over and over again, you know, you see him talk about the process, um, that Nick Saban doesn't lie. Um, he, he lays it out and, and tells everybody how it's going to be. Um, you might have to wait your turn. And, you know, for a, a dad, you know, that's sitting on a gold mine with his son like Rashawn is, I really thought that was, um, you know, one of the best selling points and something that Alabama can brand. Um, you know, here's a guy that, you know, went, went to the enemy school, you know, Auburn, um, you know, had a business in Auburn. Um, you know, when they made the decision to go to Alabama, uh, you know, the business was shuttered and they had to shut it down. But the, the comments that he has made and, and I think the really real-world um, things that make a difference, you know, getting a degree, um, you know, playing for championships, um, you know, waiting your turn, and then all of a sudden maybe in your third or fourth year, having a chance to shine, which 
That's how long it took Rashawn to do. But when he got his opportunity, he hit it out of the park. And, and listening to the father talk about that in the context of the process with Nick Saban is one of the best recruiting pitches I've ever heard. Well said, William, no doubt about that. And uh, speaking of uh, the recruiting pitches, uh, there's going to be a star-studded group in this weekend, uh, as expected. Uh, Several committed prospects. Uh, Also, uh, 2019, uh, you know, uh, guys that are, uh, you know, uh, priority players. I think Alabama got Azalon Worsham, from the 2020 wide receiver we already talked about just, just before we came on the air. But they, uh, I think everybody's expecting maybe a few more to join the fold this weekend. And uh, and here's the thing, uh, even uh, the, one of the mo- one of the more uh, interesting ones though is William uh, is uh, we is Jay Hayes, the graduate transfer from from uh, Notre Dame. He's a defensive end. Started every game. He's already visited Oklahoma and committed. From what I was told by a good friend of ours, Rodney Orr, o- Oklahoma does not want the young man to visit this weekend, but he's slated to take an official visit to Alabama. Your thoughts? I know Alabama has watched his film about Alabama and uh, basically giving a long look uh, to Mr. Jay Hayes. Yeah, I mean, I think if uh, if he shows up, then you, know, you have to really kind of pay attention um, you know, to his career path and where he's going to spend, um, you know, his, his grad transfer years. You know, if he shows up, Drew, then, you know, all bets are off. Alabama does have a uh, another spot where they can take uh, take him. Um, we'll have to wait and see if he shows up. But, there, you know, there's so many good recruits, whether, you know, whether they're grad transfers, they're 2019 kids, 2020 kids, even some – you know, 2021 kids coming in this weekend. Um, I think there is a really, really good chance um, talking about the 2019 class. Um, you know, if, if Alabama can get, you know, two or three of those guys to pop over the weekend, um, Alabama fans could wake up Monday and, you know, totally erase um, what, what bothered them all so much last year. I, I I still don't understand why that was such a big deal to them. But but they could wake up Monday morning and be staring down the barrel of the number one recruiting class in college football if, you know, two or three more guys in the 2019 class go public. I'm not talking about the Worsham kid from Trustful because he's 2020. And William, uh, the interesting part with Hayes is he started every game at Notre Dame last year. We've been very impressed with the development, especially of the first group of defensive linemen uh, led by Quinnen Williams, Isaiah Bugs, and Raekwon Davis. Not sure that Hayes would be a starter at Alabama. He certainly would be a rotation player. Uh, I'm sure Oklahoma was trying to sell him on the fact that he would be a game one starter. Uh, what do you think, if he does show up on this trip, Alabama's chances are with, this, with Jay Hayes? I think if he shows up, there's a real good chance. I mean, uh, you know, he's he's coming from Notre Dame. I mean, you know, you, I know the the longer we get away from the 70s and the 80s, you know, people want to minimalize, you know, Notre Dame's football program. But it's still, you know, a Power 5 program. Um, you know, they do great things up there with people. Um, 
you know, with, with, with life after football, if you get a Notre Dame degree, you're, you're going to have a, a pretty good life after football. But they, they, you know, Alabama still has space, Drew, to take one more guy. Um, this is certainly, um, you know, a defensive line, you know, a, a position of need, especially when you are wanting to attract depth um, at that position. Um, we'll have to wait and see how it all plays out. But the, if the guy makes the trip, um, I think he's going to see uh, a really good place to land and to spend uh, your grad transfer years in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, that would be interesting. And we know Nick Saban had uh, specifically said they were trying to improve the depth along the line, and they've already signed Tavita Mosaika. And Jay Hayes would be somebody from Notre Dame. I know they've been watching his film. He's a graduate transfer, as we said, that could be maybe another piece of this puzzle to join the fold. Uh, and, William, I, I will say this. Uh, I, I'm going to be fascinated to watch Trustful this year because of how many good players they have. We know Dazelon Worsham committed to Alabama, uh, Paul Tyson, Pierce Quick. They have the, the uh, transfer running back from Florence, Armani Goodwin, on the team. And they have a, I think I've seen him listed at 6'7 or 6'8, 340. The other tackle, uh, you know, on the, uh, on the, uh, you know, the, the, that's, uh, that bookends Pierce Quigg, Joseph Stone, he will visit this weekend and he's already committed to Arkansas. Uh, as you, uh, we were talking about this before the show started, uh, I think Alabama fans might want to be at that, at the end of the regular season contest and region play. Uh, in 7A between uh, the Thompson Warriors and the uh, Hewitt Trustville Huskies in this coming high school football season because there might not be more star power in one game and especially headed to Tuscaloosa. Yeah, you know, I think the, you know, there's there's a lot of talk about, you know, those two programs. Um, If you look at what the star power is um, on the field, there's going to be, you know, 12 to 15 guys that could, you know, factor in on SEC rosters, you know, at that game. You know, the the one guy that, that I think, to me, you know, kind of intrigues me the most, and, you know, I kind of went out on a limb, you know, six to eight months ago and said, um, you know, this guy's getting really underplayed, and he's going to end up being a five-star prospect. Uh, is Amari Kite. Um, he, he's very young for his age as far as, you know, his classification as a rising senior. Um, you know, a lot of people question his toughness and physicality, but, you know, I, I just saw the athleticism there, and I made the comment probably almost a year ago um, that I felt like he was going to end up being a five-star player. Um, he hit it out of the park last week over in Atlanta um, at one of the prelims for the Rivals five-star challenge. And I, I do expect him to, if he can repeat his performance um, on the national level at the five-star challenge that he did last weekend in Atlanta, I expect him to get that five-star moniker. And, uh, you know, that that would be uncharted territory for, a small state like Alabama that doesn't really produce a lot of five-star players, but this is a unique year. Um, I, I personally think that Clay Webb 
Pierce Quick and Amari Kite are all five-star offensive linemen. You know, you've got two, or excuse me, three really good quarterbacks in, you know, Bo Nix, uh, you know, Paul Tyson, and uh, Baby Tua. Um, so, again, uh, you know, for, for guys that are really tuned in and want to see elite players on a high school football field, I think it's either October the 27th or the 28th at Thompson, the new Thompson High School, uh, Thompson versus Hewitt Trussell. Uh, that's going to be a game that people need to circle and come watch. And then I wanted to ask you about Clay Webb. Ben reports that he might end up in Athens, Georgia, instead of uh, Alabama this weekend. But we know he was uh, in Tuscaloosa last week and really the week before and really several weeks this spring. Uh, it, it, for the Alabama fans out there that have probably been worrying about this all day, your thoughts on Clay Whip? You know, he is the biggest lock to Alabama that hasn't gone public yet that the people need to stop worrying about. And, you know, getting a chance to see him up close and personal um, was kind of a, a game changer for me. He is one of the most physically developed high school offensive linemen. You know, I don't know what his birth date is, but, you know, he's got to be somewhere between 16 and 17 years old. And, you know, I don't know what, you know, he might like to hunt and fish and, you know, you know maybe go to NASCAR events. I don't know. But I can tell you what, um, in, his, in his personal time, what his number one hobby is, is lifting weights. Uh, probably the most physically advanced rising uh, senior I've ever seen, uh, you know, face-to-face. And, you know, the thing that I would point out, Drew, to people um, is the same thing that I saw from Chance Warmack. You know, he, he's not an overly tall guy. Um, that's one reason why he's, you know, getting slated as being the number one center in the country. But he does have overly long arms. And, I, you know, I, I don't think there's any worries about him going over to, uh, you know, Georgia spring game. I think that's th- that, that deal's kind of been packaged with uh, him competing at that Under Armour event in Atlanta on Sunday. Um, nobody that I've talked to. Uh, nobody thinks he's going to end up anywhere except Tuscaloosa. Yeah, and I mean, that would be a big boon for the University of Alabama, as you said. Such a, uh advanced prospect. Um, so good. And another big piece of that offensive line puzzle that will be in town this weekend, William. And some think he could be a dark horse to commit. But I think, uh, you know, the Tennessee Volunteers are still involved with him. Ohio State to a degree, but I think Tennessee uh, may be a little bit more than people realize. But Darnell Wright from Huntington, West Virginia, we've talked about him on the show before. He's a great offensive tackle. From what we understand, he's trying to, you know, wants to uh, relocate to the southeast, is really taking a long look in uh, at uh, the SEC and especially in Tuscaloosa. Uh, we know Pierce Quick is committed. Uh, you, 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 we know what you think of him. Clay Webb is a, a center prospect. Uh, Amari Kite could be a tackle, could move inside the guard, but your thoughts on Darnell Wright, and uh, is he one of them that could be on commitment watch, or do you think he'll pull the trigger this soon? 
No, I, I, I don't really think Darnell Wright's going to commit this weekend. Now, if he does, you know, it won't really surprise me. But at the same time, I think, you know, this is a kid that, that wants to go away from home uh, to go to school. Um, he's the number one offensive tackle in the country. Um, I think Brent Key has done a very good job of recruiting him, uh, you know, got him, you know, kind of hooked up with Alex Leatherwood and Jedrick Wills last fall when he came on campus for a visit. Um, he's going to get that same treatment, uh, you know, this weekend. You know, I think Ohio State, Drew, is totally out of the equation. I think this is an Alabama and uh, Jeremy Pruitt-Tennessee battle. Um, you know, there is a Tennessee flavor on his high school coaching staff, uh, but there is also an Alabama flavor as well. Um, you know, the assistant coach that is bringing him to Tuscaloosa this weekend is a diehard Alabama fan. So, you know, there's a lot of good, uh, you know, positive vibes there. Um, you know, again, uh, you've got a, a situation, and, and this kid is – uh, the real deal. I mean, he is a, you know, one of those kids that you can look at and, you know, this, this should almost be unfair in my opinion, when you see a talent like Darnell Watt, uh, right. Um, and you can sit there and, you know, basically tell him to his face, you know, I would, if I was one of his coaches, you know, son, you're, you're a first round draft pick at 16 years old. That, that is the truth. Um, I think that Alabama's in the driver's seat for Darnell Wright. I, I don't think he's going to commit this weekend. I think it's going to go a little bit longer. But I think Brent Key, uh, Nick Saban um, have kind of gotten to this kid. And, you know, he comes from a tough background. And I think that's also one of the reasons why you see him paired up with Alex Leatherwood and Jadrick Wills. You know, two other five-star offensive line prospects that come from a tough background, and you, you see that happen. And I think Alabama's in the driver's seat for Darnell Wright. I, I, I'm not going to make a prediction that he's going to commit this weekend, but I think that before it's all over and said and done with, um, I think Darnell Wright's going to be a part of this Alabama recruiting class. Would not be surprised at all, William, if that happened. Uh, uh, you know, I, it, it, we, and we said something uh, about uh, Dazelon Worsham uh, committing to the Tide earlier, uh, and we talked about Darnell Wright. We talked about Clay Webb. Who are some of the other guys that you think could maybe join the class this weekend? We know there are going to be a lot of commitments. Brendan Gant slated to be on campus. Uh, Richard Chaney, uh, in the, uh, who was – uh, Kubiakowski's guy, who he really likes, who had flipped from, had decommitted from Georgia and come to Alabama. He's another one that people have been talking about. Uh, you know, there, there. King Makuta is another commitment. Uh, Will Richard, the kicker from and punter from Hoover, is going to be in town, but uh, most people believe he's going to wait just a little bit longer. There's been talk about Ismail Shopshire uh, if he does uh, show up in Tuscaloosa. Uh, uh, and, and I've been told by a good source today that I always thought it was Amit. It's Amity, Louisiana, uh, for Ismail Sopshire. Do you think Sopshire could be a guy that could join the uh, class? Because if he did, I, I think uh, there would be some people wanting to burn down the house of Ed Ogeron. 
<laughs> no, I think that one's going to go a little bit longer, Drew. I mean, I think the, uh, you know, the guys that you should probably put on commit watch would be, you know, the kicker from Hoover, uh, Richard, uh, Baby Tua, um, you know, hell, uh, Worsham's already gone public, and that would have been one of my guesses prior to him doing that. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think it really matters. I think, you know, what what's going on right now is a byproduct of Nick Saban realizing that, you know, maybe his process had gone stale. He, he's brought multiple coaches in um, that, that have, you know, given him some really good input um, you know, into his recruiting process. And I think, you know, the message is this. Um, you've got to start being the, the first guy that offers kids, not the last guy, the first guy. Um, and, you know, the second one being um, you've got to have a bigger and better social media uh, footprint. And, you know, I think the, the Bama Cuts thing is certainly one of those. But, I do expect Alabama to get two or three commitments um, over this weekend. We'll have to wait and see, you know, how that plays out. But if they do get the right ones, I think Alabama fans can wake up Monday morning and they're looking at um, – because right now Alabama sits at number four, you know, in, in the, the recruiting rankings, and everybody ahead of them has at least two or three more commitments than they do. But I do think there is a legitimate chance that when you wake up Monday morning, you could see Alabama have the number one recruiting class in the country. And that's cool. That would be quite a boon uh, for the University of Alabama, no doubt about that. Well, William, uh, uh, now that you kind of switch focus to A Day, looks like they're going to have some perfect weather after, you know, uh, really cold and. Uh, damp weather two weeks ago and then last week just a monsoon because we were in it and we were going through two uh you know uh i think a lot of people understands that uh they were out last weekend no matter if you read a scrimmage or not uh we uh anybody that was driving last weekend in the state of alabama through huntsville north alabama and birmingham realized what a and tuscaloosa uh what a uh, monsoon you went through uh you know we heard that the t- tornado sirens went off twice at the scrimmage uh, which is uh, unreal. Uh, but uh, Alabama looks like they're going to have perfect weather. What kind of crowd do you think we could be expecting in Tuscaloosa, even though there is going to be television? And no Tua. Uh, you know, well, <laughs> I, you know, I think the fact that there's no Tua is probably going to impact that a little bit. I mean, I don't think that's something that, you know, ESPN is excited about. But I think that, you know, there's going to probably be seventy to seventy-five thousand fans there tomorrow. Um, they're going to get a look at, at a team that, despite um, you know the injuries, Drew. Um, you know, whether it's Tua Tungavailoa or Jerry Judy, uh, Terrell Shavers, you know, Josh Jacobs probably isn't going to be available. They're going to get a look at a team um, that that you know is. Is still progressing despite the fact that they don't have those pieces of the puzzle. And I think probably the biggest thing that they're going to see is that despite the fact that Kirby Smart is gone, that Jeremy Pruitt's gone, you've got, you know, first year uh, D 
defensive coordinator, Tosh Lapoy, that's now on the scene. Um, you're you're going to see edge rushers that put consistent pressure on the quarterback. Um, you've got a guy like Raquan Davis that's totally unblockable. And, you know, if, you know, Alabama's offensive line can't block him, uh, good luck to the rest of college football. But you're, you're going to see, uh, I think, probably a defensive struggle. Um, it's going to be hard out there for uh, whether it's Jalen Hurts or Mac Jones <clears throat> to, uh, you know, try and dial up points against that defense. Um, you know, and that, that's what you should want to see. Um, it should be hard for the offense to score points on the defense in, in a spring scrimmage. So, um, you know, it may not be what fans are looking for. You know, you may not see the offensive fireworks, but you're going to see a damn defense that, um, despite the fact that, you know, Kirby Smart's gone, Jeremy Pruitt's gone, and, you know, first-year uh, defensive coordinator Tosh Lapoy, um, I think you're going to – what I'm expecting to see is Alabama's going to have a hard time blocking um, their defensive edge rushers, and that's going to be the story of the scrimmage. William, I've got to ask about this as we're the last few minutes on – on our show today, uh, it made headlines yesterday and was a big topic of conversation throughout the state on talk radio and in the media. Uh, the article by Matt Hayes of the Bleacher Report with uh, quotes from Avrion Hertz, the uh, father and high school coach of Jalen Hertz in Channel View, Texas. I've had Avrion on my show a couple times uh, talking about the, when Jalen committed and then talking about you know when he was going through his first spring. Now have not spoken with him since that time because once these guys are firmly established in Alabama's program, you know, the parents generally don't talk to the media from an, and, uh, and put things, you know, quotes uh, on the record. Were you surprised at, at, at some of the things Avrion Hurt said? I, I quite frankly was. I kept thinking, you know, they'd keep this in-house. Had heard last weekend, of course, he was in town for the coaches' clinic, no surprise, and that he had met with Nick Saban, but – Really kind of surprised at the timing and putting some of that stuff uh, on record. Your thoughts? Um, you know, Drew, first of all, I, you know, I, I kind of question whether or not those comments were actually made by Avrion Hertz. Um, there's another part of me that um, says, you know, no way that was ever said. But, you know, at the end of the day, I, I still say, um, you know, w w about what's, you know, every, you know, this is the, you know, the hot topic, Drew, about everybody that's, you know, invested in Alabama football. And, and they want, they want, you know, what they can't get today. They want Nick Saban to say that one of those two guys is a starting quarterback. And that's not what they're going to get. Um, you know, Drew, I think Nick Saban learned a really harsh lesson um, in 2016 when Blake Barnett transferred out. I think he's learned from that, and he's going to slow play this quarterback situation out at least over um, the, the, the September schedule. Um, you know, truth be told, you know, the way I look at it is – I don't know if Alabama plays a, a college football team with a pulse until they get into their November schedule. So 
he's got the luxury of slow playing this deal out. And, you know, look, you, you, you and I have had this conversation, you know, online, uh, privately. You know, we, we, I, I do think we kind of disagree about it a little bit, but um, that, that's good. That's good for the show. Um, I, I think you're going to see Nick Saban slow play this quarterback job out throughout the month of September. And the reason why he's going to do that is he learned a really harsh lesson when Blake Barnett uh, got gone after that fourth game. And, you know, I fully expect, you know, Tua Tungvaloa to win that job. But it's not going to be dished up to the Alabama fans the way that they expect it to be. And that's just my take on it. Well, and I, you know, uh, I, I was just – I thought they would keep it in-house. I do think Tua's going to win the job. I've even – gone over some other theories of Nick Saban uh, maybe coming to an agreement with Avrion Hurts and and I'm not and and I, and I have gone on record as saying I thought the the gap was bigger between uh, one and two than two and three between Hurts and Mac Jones but I'm not saying Mac Jones is better than Jalen Hurts I just said the gap was smaller but I, you know I'll say this it, it, it wouldn't even surprise me if he could work out a deal with Avrion if uh, two is healthy then you know you redshirt Jalen, and Mac is the backup, and then he can graduate and play two years somewhere. But yet, you're in agreement. If Tua gets injured, then Jalen's the guy. Everybody knows he is. He's got the experience. Mac Jones doesn't have any. And that then Jalen Hurts could play and then still graduate transfer the next year. But, I mean, if somebody's hurt, you don't really know if Tua's going to be healthy. But I do think if Tua's ultimately healthy – a transfer will happen at some point in time, whether it's in you know uh, August or whether it's more than likely now. I'm in agreement. I, I thought once Minshew went to Washington State, it would happen in December. But uh, you know, we, I'm just going to be interested to see if they, if Avrion Hurst and Jalen try to salvage more of his eligibility than just one year, because sometimes it's tough in one year to make that kind of impact. Now, I mean, I kind of disagree with what Avrion said about being the biggest. Uh, free agent in college football history because, you know, I think that could have been Braxton Miller, but he didn't leave. And, and again, Jalen has quite a resume. I don't know about the biggest in history, though, but I will say that one thing I did completely agree with, and this is the kind of guy Avrion Hurst is. He is a no-nonsense individual. I completely agree with his quote to Matt Hayes when he told, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts, hey, you fucked up. You, you now you're going to have to uh, you open the door now you got to dig your way out and so Jalen's trying to dig his way out not sure he's going to be able to I think two is too talented uh, but uh, what, I'm I'm anxious the one thing that I think in Jalen's defense that I one reason why I didn't like the comments going public is I think it puts pressure on Jalen Hurst to perform well Saturday he did last year on a day people forget that he and two are both very good uh, but if Jalen struggles. Uh, and gets outplayed by Mac Jones Saturday. Those comments are not going to help Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, Drew, I think you know, for me at least, you know, that's all I'm talking about. You know, I'm not Avrion Hurts. Um, you know, I'm not uh, you know to his parents, nobody else. But I'm just looking at this from a a you know former player that's you know seen position battles play out. Um, over spring practice and fall practice. I'll say this, you know, the smart move, 
you know, let's just say that, you know, two back from, you know, the, the broken and, you know, wins the job. Um, you know, the smart play for, you know, Avrion Hurts and Jalen Hurts is this. Um, you ride that thing out until December when Jalen gets his degree. And he can transfer anywhere he wants to. And I know for a fact that Kevin Sumlin wants him. I know for a fact that Dan Mullen wants him. And I think it's pretty obvious, you know, with you being, um, you know, in the industry that you're in, uh, Lane Kiffin wants him too. So, you know, there, there's options there. But I think where, where the struggle comes into play is for Alabama fans. They want this, this, this damn quarterback job. They want it settled now, and they want Nick Saban to name a starter, and that's not going to happen. Um, there's a reason why Nick Saban is the best, the greatest of all time uh, college football coach, and, you know, he's not going to name a starter. Um, the, the, the schedule dictates that he can, you know, linger that quarterback competition well into September well into October, I don't think they even, um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I don't even think they play a team with a pulse up until LSU and Auburn in November. So, you know, let, let's just sit back and wait and see how the, the greatest of all time to, uh, decides how to uh, divvy that up. I'm good with that. Um, you know, Drew, I'm with you, dog. Um do I do I know who the best uh, quarterback is? Sure, I do. But at the same time, I think you know Nick Saban has to play chess while everybody else is playing checkers, and, and he has to. You know, he learned his lesson, you know, with the uh, 2016 quarterback race with you know Jalen, Cooper, Bateman, uh, Blake Barnett, and. Uh, Hell, that troll from Oklahoma. What was his name? Uh, David Cornwell. Um, yeah, um, he he learned his lesson from that. So he's going to drag it out and slow play it, and you know we'll see how it goes. But I don't understand Drew why so many Alabama fans have such a problem with that because um, maybe I had a chance to talk to you know some coaches at the scrimmage this past weekend and. They all said, um, listen, we can line up in a T-tight in formation uh, in, in, you know, September 1st, whether, whether it's versus Louisville or Old Miss or Texas A&M, whoever, and run the freaking football down their throats. They're that talented. I mean, you know, when you've got a guy like Raekwon Davis that's unblockable and you've got Dylan Moses – and Mac Wilson, you know, on defense, you you you've got some really good luxury situations there for yourself. But what I think's going to happen, Drew, is Nick Saban is going to slow play this quarterback process well into the month of September. Um, when he decides that it's time to name a starter, he's going to do that, and. That's when I think the shit's going to hit the fan. But we can already see where 
the the advantageous position for Avrion Hurts and Jalen Hurts is it's finishing up this fall semester. Uh, let Jalen get his degree, and you know then the, then you've got you know all kinds of opportunities to transfer out. You do, and then to wrap up our A day, uh, pre A day, I should say, edition of Bam's Radio tonight on. April 20th, the eve of A-Day, will be in Tuscaloosa tomorrow. Looking forward to covering uh, the game at 1 o'clock. Uh, in, uh, but just hours from now, I guess to wrap up our show, I was going to give my MVP picks. This is kind of a crapshoot. But uh, guys that I think is going to have a chance to touch the football and do a nice job. Uh, offensively, I'm going to go with Brian Robinson, the running back from Hillcrest, Tuscaloosa, who I think is so underrated. I know William agrees with me there. I'm going to go with him as my offensive MVP. My defensive MVP, that's a, that's interesting because you never know how much a lot of these starters are going to play as far as play a whole lot. But I think uh, one guy uh, that I, I'm going to make a prediction uh, that might have a, they have a chance to force some turnovers and be all over uh, the field a little bit for Alabama is uh, – is the uh, corner Savion Smith. They're going to put the ball up. They're going to let Jalen Hurts and Mac Jones throw the ball. I think Savion Smith could have a very nice scrimmage as well, though as part of me wanted to say, uh, you know, Trevon Diggs as well. But I think I'm going to go with Savion Smith on defense uh, and Brian Robinson on offense. What are your thoughts, William? I'm going with Henry Ruggs on offense, and I'm going with Quanzilla on defense. Thinks Quanzilla will play enough to get that MVP, and he's been unblockable, so that would not be surprising. Thomas, uh, I know uh, you've been producing back there and keeping everything rolling. Uh, do you have any thoughts on MVPs on both sides? Yeah, you stole my pick with Brian Robinson, you jerk. Um, <laughs> that, 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 that's I'll, I'll say that. But, no, I'll go, because I can't do that, I'll go Najee Harris. I think he'll be uh, he'll be a monster continue to be a monster and then on defense oof I think the I think Dylan Moses is going to reprise the Rashawn Evans role I believe last year Rashawn Evans had something like 22 tackles I'll just say Dylan (laughs) Moses Uh, that's a good pick there could easily be uh, that guy I even thought about thought about Mac Wilson but I just don't know how much some of the starters are going to play in this game but again uh, Savion Smith trying to get his feet wet I'm going to go with Savion and Brian Robinson, the running back. But we hope everybody enjoyed our uh, pre-A-Day edition of BAMS Radio. Talked a lot of recruiting, as we said, Dejan Long Worsham uh, coming on board right before we come on the air. We talked about Avrion Hurts. We talked, uh, you previewed the A-Day game a little bit. We'll come to you next week to give you our A-Day reviews and kind of look forward to the fall. We're looking forward to that. Always enjoy BAM's radio, and there's going to be a lot of recruiting going on, maybe some more recruiting news to analyze. But we hope you've enjoyed our show tonight. I'm your host, Judy Armand, along with my co-host and producer extraordinaire, Thomas Watts, uh, who uh, just uh, went with uh, Dylan Moses and Najee Harris, and then William Redfish Barger. Uh, he went with Quanzella, Raekwon Davis on defense, and Henry Ruggs, who's been very explosive on offense. Two good picks from William. We appreciate everybody for joining us, though, on this evening for BAM's radio. Enjoy the show. Look forward to A-Day tomorrow afternoon. I'm your host, Rudy Armin. Good night and roll tide.